reading from uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 44, one that, a story you will know very well, and uh, it, I'm really looking forward to speaking about this because of just how God's impressed it on my heart. So, The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognised them and ran on foot from all the cities and towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's very late. Send the people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said... That would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he said. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties taking five loaves and two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of fish and bread. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. I'm going to pray. Father, I thank you for your word and I just pray that it would be your spirit who would speak to us deeply today, bringing us uh, your truth. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, are you tired? Yeah. Worn out? Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. uh, it seem like... We always look forward to that time where we're going to get over the hump and everything's just going to level out and we're all going to be at peace and at ease. Yeah. Yep. Maybe that's what the disciples thought, that Jesus had sent them out to do a lot of teaching and cast out demons and heal people and things like that and they came back excited and they came back exhausted. Both together. And... um, he said to them, because they've been coming and going, and also when they got back, not only did Jesus have followers, they had followers too, and everybody was there and coming and going. There was coming and going, groups of people coming and going. And he said, let's go to a quiet place and get some rest. Let's get, a, let's get some time off. So they went away in a boat to a solitary place. Now, can you picture this? There's a large sea, and it is large sea, like it's 10 or 20 k's across. And they get into the boat, the disciples and Jesus, and off they sail. And they've had a lot of people following Jesus for quite a while now. And the people say, there's the boat. It's pretty easy to see when you're in a lake. And so they start running around the side of the lake. 
Obviously, it's not a real windy day because they get there, they can see where the boat's pulling in, and by the time there's more people, more crowds gathering along the way, and by the time they get there, there's a very large crowd. And you'd have to say, a very keen crowd. I don't know how far it is they run, they don't know the place that this happened, but they are keen to hear Jesus. He was taking them to a solitary place, which sounds nice for the disciples, or a wilderness place, or a desolate place. Different Bibles have different readings, but they mean similar things. God gives rest in the wilderness. That's, that's a theme right throughout Scripture. We're going to hear some more about that next week. But God gives rest in the wilderness, and he takes his people to a lonely place. That's what he did. He took them into the desert to feed them. Well, he fed them with manna there, didn't he? And he gave them water. And he, they went for 40 years and their shoes never wore out, which doesn't happen for us, does it? No. Uh, he, he gave them everything they need and he taught them his law and he taught them of the forgiveness that he would give them. Uh, he, he blessed his people in the wilderness. He takes them to a lonely place to care for them. Now, my question first is, did, like, I, as they pulled up at the boat, and there's 5,000, there's different ways of understanding this, either 5,000 people or 5,000 men with their families, which might be 15,000 people. It doesn't matter, really. It's a big crowd. Did the disciples go, oh. <laughs> uh, probably. Did Jesus fail to give them rest? What does rest mean? I mean, when, when people think of rest, I mean, I, I see ads on TV and it's of old people uh, who've just got their superannuation come in and they're at rest on a beach in a deck chair with a pina colada with a little umbrella in it or something like that. Or maybe they've got their perfect house or their... Uh, what do you need? Do you need enough money to have power over your old age? You know, uh, so that you you don't have to have worries and concerns. What does rest look like? Think about it in your head. I mean it seriously, just for now. What does it mean to you when you picture the future of being at rest? What, what might that look like? We live in a world which is the word they use is insatiable. Have you ever noticed? Like, say say one of the major banks. We won't name no product placement. They make $4 billion for the year. And the shareholders demand, and that might be a 7% profit, and the shareholders want next year an 8% profit. Don't they? Yep. And they're happy to pay some bloke $20 million to get it for them. When are you going to, when's, the, when's the limit come where you've got enough? Do you understand? Do you know that our, our, our forefathers in, just in Australia had very little? And we've got more, and they wanted us to have more. And then we've got more than our fathers, who had more than their grandfathers. And, but do we want another 2% rise? <laughs> we've got to get a bit more, don't we? Because the reason is, when you get that 2% rise every year, and I've worked it out in my head, I'm going to have enough superannuation, I'm going to have enough peace. 
whether it be money or whatever, can you see the insatiable appetite for more is with us? All the time. All of us, it's there. But what was Jesus doing? He was taking the people to a place of rest. And I believe he, the disciples got the rest they wanted. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. That sheep without a shepherd. Um, there's, there's two main images in the Bible in the Old Testament about this. And uh, the first one comes when the people came out of Egypt and there was one who was given the job to lead them into the new land. His name was Joshua. Joshua being the same, interesting enough, in Greek, the same name as Jesus. Um, and in Numbers 27, uh, speaking of him, it said, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation. The congregation means the gathering of people. Who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, and that, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as, a sheep, uh, be as sheep that have no shepherd. They need a shepherd. And Joshua is going to faithfully lead the people into the land of rest, the land of promise, Israel. And then later, when they're in the land uh, and they have people attacking them, and there's a new king given, and his name is David. And in in Ezekiel 34, uh, verse 23, it says of him, And I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. And he shall feed them and be their shepherd. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild beasts from the land so they may dwell securely in the wilderness. Now David was the one who defeated all the enemies who would attack Israel in the land that God had given them. The land of promise. The land of peace. So... Safety in the wilderness, blessing in the wilderness, rest is what God wants for his people. He, Jesus fulfills these. He is the great shepherd and he loves the sheep. And so what does he do, Jesus, when the people sit down, he feeds them, not first with food. That comes near the end when they get hungry. It says he had compassion on them So he began teaching them many things. He was teaching them. He was giving them food for eternal life. That's good food, isn't it? Yeah. He was giving them what they really needed. And the disciples were there and they listened too. And they were encouraged and they were brought into the rest that God had for them. He fed them in the wilderness by teaching them. Teaching is given a bad rap in Christian church. Teaching's that boring thing that we do. Yeah? No, 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 just giving you knowledge and stuff like that. Why? Why would we teach about Jesus all the time? Because when you teach about Jesus, you're fed and built up and you become strong in faith. Teaching is awesome. We should teach our children. We should teach our parents. We should always be teaching one another. We're teaching people, not because we want people to know more knowledge, although 
knowledge is absolutely central to being renewed by the uh, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, as Paul calls it. But teaching it teaches if we teach about Jesus Christ, we are teaching people more and more about where they can find rest and joy and fulfilment and satisfaction in an insatiable age. Not rest like the world knows it. This is a rest. You know when Jesus said, peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give peace. I'm not talking about the peace. Think about what the world wants as peace. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about peace for your soul. Jesus gave rest to the disciples. He soothed their souls. He, he was the one who taught of the promised land, the new Jerusalem, the new Israel, the new country that he alone could take them to. And he alone was the king who had defeated all of their enemies. Now, interestingly, between the story of the disciples going out and Jesus feeding the 5,000 is the story of the death of John the Baptist. John the Baptist had entered into the rest of God too. Through death. And that's okay. Probably we say things like, of people's death, rest in peace. How can you rest in peace if you know the Lord Jesus? And without him, you can't rest in peace. Okay, so Jesus fulfilled all that. He fed the people by teaching them and then he fed their stomachs. They sat down and... uh, by the lake in this solitary place and it says on the green grass the green grass this was the wilderness but it wasn't the desert you know the difference I, I, St George if you, St George is such a fertile place and it's so rich you, you go 10 miles out there you're in the middle of nowhere you're in the wilderness you're not in the desert though it's not a desert place here it's a rich place And then he did this amazing miracle. He turns five loaves of bread and two fish into enough to feed, feed, let's just say, a multitude of people. Isn't it an awesome gift for them? They all ate. And and what's more, there was far more left over than what they started with, fish and bread. It's an amazing miracle. God's provision, his food in the wilderness. You know that he has provided for each of us every day of our lives. God's provided for you. He's doing it all the time. But what he's given you of the greatest value, don't think of food now. Because you see, the food he gave them in the feeding of the 5,000 was a symbol of the food he gave them for eternal life through teaching. He has given us Something incredibly rich. Rich. Don't hunger after the things that this world offers. Hunger after the things that feed you and will fill you and will never make you hungry. In Hebrews 3 and 4, which I'm not talking about today, but if you want to feel feel like reading and reading when you go home, read Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, but pick out the bits about rest. And he keeps repeating himself. He's a repetitive preacher, this Hebrews bloke. He says... About three or four times in a row. If you hear his voice today, don't harden your hearts. Enter into his rest. Now I've taken a few bits of his sermon there that he keeps repeating. Enter into the rest. He's saying, he's given you Jesus. Here is this rest. 
It is rich. It is for you. Don't harden your hearts against that. Enter into it. Just receive the rest that he's got for you. Live in it today. Don't harden your hearts. Today, receive what he has for you. In John's Gospel, we had the story of the feeding of the 5,000. That's in every Gospel. But afterwards, John includes some teaching that Jesus does to show what this is all about. In chapter 6, verse 27, it says, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God has placed his seal of approval. See, see that work versus rest? Do not work, do not strive endlessly for food that just spoils. It just, go, it just gets mouldy, but he's not talking about food, is he? Don't strive for those things which in the end are worthless. But for food that endures to eternal life. Eternal food. You see, rest is not the absence of work. Jesus was working the whole time, wasn't he? Yeah? And he was always at rest. And he was teaching the disciples to be at rest. So if you're thinking uh, this is talking about, uh, well, you need to take more time off, that's actually not going to help. <laughs> because you see, that insatiable heart of humanity won't be fixed by more rest. In the, in the, it's more rest in entering into the rest that comes from God that endures for eternal life through Jesus Christ. That's the feeding that God wants you to receive. So they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? This is in John 6 again, which is a good question, isn't it? Well, what have we got to do? What work is it? We know you've got to work. What's the work you've got to do that God requires of us? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. To trust in Jesus, to believe in him, to have faith in him. And that's not just a once-off. It's a whole life of faith. Of, you see, constantly entering into that rest, day by day. Yep. I, sometimes I feel like I've got a split personality. Uh, because um, travelling with me is the Spirit of God. And he is every day leading me into rest. And travelling with me is this flesh in my heart. It's me. And that wants to get angry, frustrated, disappointed, whatever. And the whole time that rest is right there with me, day by day, to actually cling on to the rest that he's given that's right there with us and to put aside those things which are destructive, which tear us down. So constantly entering into his rest, constantly believing him, day by day, event by event, when things come in and want to steal your rest. Eat the food that brings the rest. So they asked him, and this is crazy. This is, he just fed 5,000 people. What sign will you give us that we may see that we might believe in you? What are you going to do? Yeah, you just fed 5,000 people. Now give us a sign so that we know what you're saying is true. They're insatiable because they're not looking where they should be looking. They're looking to the pizzazz instead of to the teaching that he's given then they say, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. So it is written, he'd give them bread from heaven to eat. In other words, 
If you could do what you just did then, every day, so we don't have to go to work and, and you know, if we can just get bread, you know, maybe it just appears on our table each morning and we can eat it and life would be cruisy because in that era, more so than today, gee, a lot of their life was spent putting just food on the table. It wasn't about other work. Just, they had to do so much just to eat. So wouldn't it be awesome if the food just appeared each day and we'd be set free? Then we'd really believe. Would they? What are they looking for? They're looking for a rest from work, but not the work that, that he requires. The rest comes when we believe in Jesus. Can you hear what I'm saying? So Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it's not Moses who, who give, gave you the bread from heaven. It was my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Are you thinking Moses gives that? Moses didn't give you manna anywhere. That's what they said. Moses gave us that. God gave, them, God gave that. And you're not looking to God, you're looking to Moses. You're looking to man. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. In other words, continuously give us this bread. And Jesus then declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus is the food we need and he gives us everything we need. And we receive it from him, from him. Can you hear this this morning? Are you worn out? Hmm. Physically worn out. Yep, you need Jesus. And you know what? You might still be physically worn out. Is there a lot going on in your life? You need Jesus. And you know what? There'll still be a lot going on in your life. If, we, if you're thinking there's going to be a time where she's going to level out, it's not going to happen in your lifetime. That's not how it works. All of our lives are like that. Let's, there's some people here who are older. Does it ever level out? Is there still good time, disaster, everything going on all the time? Yep. If you're stressed, if you're at the end of yourself, burnt out, what does Jesus say? If you're weary and heavy laden, do you need rest and food that will give you what you need to go on? Well, Jesus is that rest and he will give it to you every day and it's right there travelling with you. If you put your faith in Jesus, if you, that means you've been saved. That means God is travelling with you in the person of the Holy Spirit. He is with you and he is bringing the rest. And do you know what the Holy Spirit does? He teaches us about what? You've got a father. You're a, you're a son or a daughter of the father. Cry out, Abba, Father. That's what the Holy Spirit teaches. And you know what else the Holy Spirit teaches? Jesus says the Holy Spirit will take everything that's mine and take it to you. He will teach you about Jesus because there will be your rest. And as the Holy Spirit does that day by day, mate, we're getting a meal. We're getting a feast. Don't think that if the world is getting a physical feast, that it's better than the feast that Jesus gives us, because it's not. The feast that he gives us, it wells up to eternal life. Enter into that, walk in it, don't fight it, don't try and replace it with a cheap, cheap import. Don't harden your heart. There's another passage that I think this whole story looks forward to, or looks back to. 
And that's Psalm 23. And um, Jesus takes them to a place of still waters. We know it's still waters. The boat was so slow getting there. He takes us to a place where there's green pastures. Do you know the, uh, the green pastures by the, the lake? You, you, can you hear, hear the... And the Lord is my shepherd. He said he's a great shepherd. And he's restoring their souls in parts of righteousness for his name's sake, for his glory. And even in the face of death, of John the Baptist in that case, but of, the, of their own, the dark valley, they have, we, we have no fear because death enters into the new and glorious country that he planned for us. And his rod and staff are with us. That's his discipline. And we love his discipline because he, he shapes us to comfort our souls. And he, he tears us out by his discipline of, of the worldly things that, that, that steal our rest. And we sit in this feast. He sets a table before me in the presence of our enemies. Right now, Jesus, has, he is giving you all of the food you need day by day, even as those around look in and say, no, don't want that food. Those who oppose him, they watch on hungrily, but they don't want your food. They're looking for the scraps that the world offers which don't satisfy. They harden their hearts towards the rest that God's given them. Enemies surround us and he anoints our head with oil. That's it. He honours us as guests because we are honoured at Christ's table and our cup overflows. It's like being in one of those American restaurants where if you take a sip out of your drink, they fill it up. And you, when you walk away from the table, you have to walk away from a full cup because it's full. They won't let it go down. I'm not saying that an American restaurant is as good as what the feast Jesus gives us. But can you see our cup is overflowing with goodness and mercy that will follow us all the days of our lives and will live in the house of the Lord forever and that's eternity. I'm going to finish by reading this psalm. We know this psalm well, but as I, as I read it today, could you just uh, shut your eyes and receive the rest that he wants to give to you, that's there for you. It's promised to you. Just receive it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in one. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, thank you. Thank you for this rest, this priceless gift at peace with you, at peace in ourselves 
at peace whatever we face because we know you're with us. We thank you. And Father, pray that today again we might enter into your rest and not harden our hearts towards the gifts that you've given us. Father, that we would live with the knowledge of your goodness and mercy, that we would live with the truth knowing that that truth, that that mercy, that goodness is following us every day and that we will dwell and feast in your house forever. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.